Good evening, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. It's Jack and Claire Clifton here with you to talk you through everything that's happening at church at both our Menai and Miranda locations. And we're also going to bring you the sermon. Karen Kingston uh, brought us the sermon on Sunday's church service, talking about the uh, conversion of Saul. So looking forward to bringing that to you a little bit later on in the podcast. Claire, nice to be doing uh, the Shire Salvos podcast again, and it was great to be at church. We didn't get to go last week, unfortunately, but uh, we're able to a return again today and I guess a bit of a landmark day as well in terms of it potentially being the last time that we do um, two services on the, on the one day with us returning to one service for the first time in 18 months next week. So that's yes, very exciting. It's going to be so good to be all together as one one church. The next big step will be church without masks. I must say I did find it difficult singing Shout to the Lord with mm. a mask on. It's hard <laughs> to get really into it. So, But, yeah, it's great to be in church as always. Yeah, it was great to hear from Karen today and we'll play that sermon for you uh, a little bit later on in the podcast episode. But we're going to jump in and take a look at what is making news around uh, Shire Salvos and some of the great and exciting stuff that's happening over the next couple of months in the life of the church. So we'll kick off our Shire Salvos news section by, I guess, talking about what we just spoke about before, the exciting news um, about us going to one service uh, next week. So that's going to be 9.30. So previously we've been doing two services, one at 8.30 and one at 10.30. Um, but we're going to be going to one service now um, each Sunday from 9.30 a.m. You'll still need to register uh, via that link. So if you want more information about that, you can call uh, the church office or it will be posted up on the different uh, Shire Salvos those um, uh, social media pages, Facebook pages, and different things like that. But if you're uh, not that tech savvy, or maybe you don't have Facebook or, or different things like that, uh, the best way uh, to get in contact um, with the church is by calling uh, the church office and they'll be able to direct you and probably even just be able to, to book you in uh, first up. So that's going to be a really exciting uh, news for next week, going back to one service um, at 9.30am. And Claire's got a bit of news about uh, some of the save the dates, some of the stuff that's happening um, over the next couple of months at Shire Salvos. Yeah, so coming into the Christmas season, there's obviously lots of special events that are taking place. So as well as our regular weekday uh, activities that that happen, such as like men's soccer, mini music, playgroup, those kinds of things, uh, there's a couple of special events that are happening. The next one, um, which wanted to mention uh, in the podcast today was the Gingerbread House Night, which is happening on Monday the 6th of December at 7pm. That's going to be a great night. Um, so I encourage you to register for that event um, when you can. So um, yeah, you can register by um, clicking the link uh, in the Shy Salvers Weekly News, which comes to your emails, or just contact the church office as well. So that's going to be a great night. Yeah, so $35 a kit for the Gingerbread House uh, party. So yeah, as Claire mentioned, Yum. 6th of December, 7 until 9. And I guess... Uh, the, the making the gingerbread house uh, is not the the focal point of the night. It's obviously um, oh, what do you talk? What do you talk? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great great way for um, you to be connecting with with other people. You might yeah. have just started coming to Shire Salvos. You might have been going to the eight thirty service and not, or you might have been going to the ten thirty service. And there's all these other people that are now going to mm. be part of the same service that you don't really know too much about. So it's a great chance to um, yeah be chatting with people in a, a non threatening environment when you're making something together with other people around. 
around sometimes and be a bit easier to make conversation. So yeah. $35 um, a kit. There's also, um, so it's gluten-free, a chocolate or regular um, is available. Gingerbread includes icing of the board and uh, the cellophane. So maybe a, a good thing to do with um, uh, with a mum or a sister or yeah, a, a friend that maybe um, isn't a believer in Christ. It's a it's a great a great way to get them in uh, involved and uh, get them through um, the church doors um, as well. Alongside that, we've also um, got the boys basketball. Claire spoke about some of the um, uh, save the date things and some of the regular activities that are happening at Shire Salvos now that things are starting to open up a little bit more since lockdown. But the boys basketball happens at Shire Salvos, uh, the Menai location, every Wednesday during school term. So they've probably got about a month left before the school term ends. Um, so it's $5 um, to attend that and it runs from 6 until 7 p.m. Uh, and Zach runs that um, as well. Um, and if you want to get in contact with Zach, um, it's best for you to contact the church office and they can give you uh, Zach's details um, or uh, flick you his email address and you'll be able to get in contact with him there. But 6 until 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Uh, that wraps up all of our Shire Salvos news for this week. Uh, a little bit less than what we uh, we saw uh, last week on the Shire Salvos podcast, but still plenty of stuff happening. And I guess over the next couple of months as well, Claire. Plenty of, of great things are happening at the church. We spoke about some of those regular activities, but mm-hmm. in terms of, of church stuff as well, I know Mark spoke today, we're going to have a Christmas Eve service and yep. a Christmas Day service. That's so there's, right. December's going to be pretty busy for, for yeah. the, the life of the church, isn't it? It's hard to believe that we're coming into that Christmas season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, particularly those Christmas services. So time to start thinking about who we might invite, bring along family, friends, mm. um, the more the merrier. It's going to be good. Yeah, looking forward to uh, getting into December, getting into that Christmas spirit and uh, spreading the uh, the joy and the news of, of, of Jesus' birth. We're going to jump in and take a look or take a listen to the sermon from Sunday's service. Karen Kingston, a, a former officer in the Salvation Army, uh, we're lucky enough to hear from Karen. Uh, Karen's a part of our congregation. It was great for her to bring the word. She's speaking about Saul's conversion, the, the famous, I guess, on the road to Damascus. Uh, he's blinded um, and uh, is uh, is led by, I guess, his his assistants and, and can't see for, I think, something like three days. Yeah. Um, and, and then he's, he's, uh, sees a vision um, and uh, ultimately leads him to do the amazing work and transforms him into Paul. Um, I, I guess, maybe not the first missionary, but one of the most pivotal missionaries in, in the early church. And mm. um, I thought Karen did a really good job of describing that and, and challenging us in the way that we um, can maybe take a bit of a leaf from Paul's book, which can be a bit intimidating sometimes because Paul's a pretty kind of, uh, he throws himself into absolutely everything that he does and he can be a bit of a, an intimidating um, figure in the Bible because of, of how powerful he is and uh, the great work that he does in spreading the, the gospel and the good news of Jesus. But I thought it was a really good uh, challenge from Karen. So here's mm-hmm. uh, this week's sermon from Karen Kingston talking about the conversion of Saul. Well, I don't know about you, but I am super excited to be back in church. And, um, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks back. We were in a um, LGA of concern, so for four months we couldn't go any more than five kilometres from home. And I don't know if you've been to Beverly Hills recently, but there ain't much there, let me tell you. (laughs) So it's just us and a whole bunch of other suburban people. So um, it was quite a restricted time, so I was so excited to come back to church and really excited this morning that we get to sing, which is great. And then the idea that next week we can all come back together as one group again, I'm just, I'm dead excited about this. 
So I need your help this morning. I'm going to give you a bunch of people's names and I need you to tell me what these people are known for. Now you've got masks on so you need to talk a little bit louder because I'm also getting a little bit deaf so I can't hear you. So you need to be super loud and clear. So tell me who these, what you know about these people. Mother Teresa. Saint because? In India. Yep. Caring for people, right? Yep. What about Nelson Mandela? What's he known for? He's a politician. Justice. A human rights activist. Yep. He was all those things. Billy Graham. Preacher. Evangelist. Yep. Martin Luther King. Civil rights. Yep. He wanted equality for the American people. African-American people. Um, If you look at my son's T-shirt, you'll know Michael Jordan. Legend. Basketball. I was so excited when Ben turned up with that shirt this morning. I was like, well done. He didn't know. Um, Dick Smith. Technology. Philanthropist. What was that? Adventurer. Yeah, he's a lot of things, Dick Smith, isn't he? Um, Ash Barty, tennis champ, very humble, there you go, indigenous issues, Amelia Earhart, flew around the world, yep, activist, the Apostle Paul, missionary, any, any other, no, we'll stick with missionary, good, So all of those people are known because they have a great passion for something. The reason we know their names is because they've lived their lives in dedication to something. And those those passions have led them to make significant contributions either to their community, to their country, and for some of them, to the world. And the Apostle Paul was one of those guys. He was a boots and all guy, wasn't he? He just threw himself in. Whatever he did, he put everything he had into it. Do you know anyone like that? I've, I've met a few people like that. There's just no doubting who they are and what they, what they love. And so this was Paul. As a Pharisee, he was the top of the pile. So as a Jewish leader, and in his own words, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was zealous and blameless under the law. I just think that's such a bold claim. I am blameless under the law. Don't you think? I couldn't be saying that. But he'd done all the right things and achieved so much to be the top of his game. And, then, and when the early church took off, and all the amazing stuff that Joel was talking about last week were happening. You know, Paul took offence to the Christians. And his pursuit of them, his persecution of them was relentless. And it was brutal. And sometimes it was even fatal. He was just gung-ho to get these guys. And his conversion was equally as dramatic, right? It, it had such, so powerful, it had a physical effect on him. He couldn't see for three days after he met Jesus. It was a powerful and dramatic thing. And then what followed after that was so full on that it shaped the history of the Christian church more than anything else except for Jesus himself. His life was not lived quietly. 
So let's just have a quick recap of what we've been talking about the last few weeks as we've been doing, you know, we've been doing this, the story of the Bible and of God for, for all year, but just, I won't, I won't bore you with all of that, we'll just do a couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Jesus had completed his mission on earth. So he died on the cross, he rose again, and he kind of handed the keys over to the disciples and said, you guys drive from here, I'll just be the power in the engine, you guys have got it. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to be that power for them. And then last week, we saw um, the, the disciples, as a result of that, were just on fire. There were people, primarily Jews, who were getting saved all over the place. And there was this buzz, right? It's a bit like COVID. You can't not know that it's happening. It, people were just talking about it. It was happening everywhere. And then this week, the church spreads. And just like when things are happening, it's impossible to ignore. And there are always naysayers, aren't there? There's always people who don't like what's happening and who will oppose it. And all of those things were happening. And one of the things that couldn't be ignored is Paul the Pharisee, who became Paul the Christian and ultimately Paul the Apostle, and who led the movement for the Gentiles, the people who hadn't grown up in church, who didn't know God, he led the movement for those people to become Christians and ultimately to change the face of the earth. Can you imagine what it must have been like to meet Paul in person? He must have just had boundless energy. You know, up, passion, in the day, nothing's too much trouble, always involved in something. So much passion, just that single focus and his love for lost people. What a force to be reckoned with. Can you imagine going up against Paul? No, right? He was, he was just a force, right? He was always a high achiever. Well, that wasn't just a Christian thing for him. He'd always been a high achiever, someone who could not be ignored. And when he met Jesus, the power of his conversion experience set something off in his life that was to change not just his life, but the face of the Christian church and the course of history. There is no denying the effect of Paul's passion and his mission. But maybe like me, you know, Paul's life is inspiring, but sometimes I find him a little hard to identify with because I'm not that. I'm, I'm quite introverted, if you know me. It might not look like it. I'm on stage, I'm okay. But I'm quite an introverted, private person. And, and I can find him a little like, that was Paul, but I can't do those things that he did. I'm not out there. I've done plenty of things no one even notices. But he was a guy who was so confident in who he was and, and, and really so sure of who he was in Jesus that he said to new Christians who didn't know how to live, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's quite some confidence, don't you reckon? If I said to you, imitate me, we'd all be making mistakes all over the shop. <laughs> imitate me. So if you're not the kind of person who stands out in a crowd or who's full of confidence or who is a natural leader, if you're not someone who has that single-minded focus or who's driven by great passion, then you might be tempted to think, well, that's just Paul. I can't be that. But there's actually a lot we can learn from Paul's life that we can apply to our own faith walk. First of all, Paul knew what his purpose and mission was in life. He knew what God had put in his heart for him to do. 
He knew what God wanted him to do and equally, he knew the things that God didn't want him to do, that wasn't on his plate to do. And he saw this gap, you know, while lots of other, while the Jews were getting saved and, and the other apostles were, you know, putting their efforts into getting the Jews converted and following Jesus, Paul saw this gap with the Gentiles, people who knew nothing about God, who didn't know how to be God followers and how to behave. A little bit like me when I first became a Christian, you know, no one told me the rules and things, so I just read my Bible and did whatever. Paul saw this gap. There's these Gentiles. They don't know anything about Jesus. They're the ones I'm going for. And he knew the end game. He didn't have a detailed plan. He didn't have it all stepped out. Um, and in fact, often what he was doing is, you know, like he knew the end game. He knew he wanted to get where he wanted to get to. I need these lost people saved for Jesus. But it was as he was following and obeying God that things came up where it was, and here's the next step, where the Holy Spirit would say, here's the next step. And he would just go and do that. Just the next step, the next step, the next step. And, you know, Paul knew how to keep going when it got hard, didn't he? He faced some incredible opposition, stuff that would have made me sit down and and really not, you know, that would have been it for me. He was beaten. He was jailed. People opposed him. They tried to kill him. But none of it stopped him from continuing to call people to follow Jesus and to build the church. He knew what God had called him to do, and he stuck with it. He stuck with it when it was joyous and people loved him for it. And he stuck with it when he got opposition and people did not like him at all. And a big part of Paul's success in ministry was actually because he travelled with people for the long term. So his first missionary journey turned into three missionary journeys. I bet if he'd known that at the beginning, he probably wouldn't have started. But one, then two, then three. And he often returned to those churches that he'd started uh, you know, as on the next missionary journeys, to encourage them and to instruct them and to correct them, to keep them on track and just to urge them to keep pursuing God. It wasn't a one-time thing for him. He just loved them. And those people's lives were changed. But it was this other thing he did that made the church grow in exponentially. He wrote letters to them. He wrote letters of instruction and encouragement and they were really personal letters, right? They weren't, he wasn't writing a textbook. He was writing letters to people who he knew and he loved and he'd invested in and he wanted to encourage them and teach them the right way to live. And he didn't want to leave them with their first experience of Jesus. He wanted them to keep growing and keep developing. And so he would write them these letters and he would correct stuff that was going wrong and he would encourage them to keep going on the stuff they were doing and he would tell them that he loved them. And it's those letters, I'm sure he didn't know when he wrote them, you know, he's thinking I'm writing to these people to encourage them. But those letters over time got copied and the copies got copied and, and you know, we read the letters today, right? It's gone generation to generation. That's the power of Paul's ministry is that God used it and, you know, the world is a different place today because of what Paul did and what others did. I imagine he had no idea of the legacy he would be leaving. There's massive lessons in all of that for all of us. And there's, you know, there's things that you can take out of that for yourself. But for me, the most powerful part of Paul's story is that his mission and his life and his legacy was the result of the strength of his encounter with Jesus. 
You know, Paul's conversion was dramatic, but it was also a very personal encounter between him and Jesus. And, you know, Mark said a couple of weeks ago when he was speaking, he talked about Thomas. Do you remember doubting Thomas? And, and that meeting just changed the way I thought about Thomas. I'd kind of just accepted the Sunday school thing, right? Doubting Thomas just, you know, um, really just was a bit slow to believe in Jesus, really. And Mark just flipped that for me and went, no, no, Thomas wasn't content with somebody else's experience of Jesus. He wanted his own. And that's just stuck with me. It really has to go, I want my own experience of Jesus. I'm not content with what someone else tells me. I want my own experience. And, you know, in a lot of ways I feel blessed about, you know, the way I became a Christian wasn't particularly conventional. And it's very different to what my children have experienced. But for me, it was about me and Jesus right from the very beginning. It was just me and my Bible and I didn't really know all the other rules and things you were supposed to do. It was just me and Jesus. It's a very personal relationship and that's what I want. And now, you know, every time I face something, it's back to me and Jesus. All the other stuff's icing. It's just me and Jesus at the core. So Paul met Jesus for himself and it was so powerful that he couldn't see for three days and it changed his life forever. And as powerful as that initial encounter was, it wasn't just that one encounter it was Paul's ongoing daily relationship with Jesus with, uh, and, then, and his relationship through the Holy Spirit that empowered his ministry, that sustained him over the long term in the day in, day out rigours of life. And you know, Paul did lots of stuff that annoyed the conventional, comfortable Jews and things that upset people in the Christian church. But it didn't stop because he knew what his priorities were was getting people saved and growing them up in their faith. And it wasn't that he didn't love his heritage. You know, he was born a Jew. He'd been a Jewish leader. He loved that. He loved um, that he belonged to the Christian church. But he let go a lot of those things so that he could be effective in his mission to win the lost for Jesus. Paul's life proved that when you've got nothing else, you've still got Jesus. And there were plenty of points in his life where he had nothing else, but he still had Jesus. You know, when you're in lockdown or you're isolated for whatever reason, you can still have Jesus. And when your health is impacted or you lose your job or your family falls apart, you can still have Jesus alive and active in your life. Whatever life holds for you, if you have your own experience of Jesus, you can face anything and you can be whoever God calls you to be God did it for Paul he did it for plenty of other people and he can do it for you too if you hear nothing else of what I have to say today then this is the most important thing that everything you do for Jesus and that everything Jesus does with you and in you and through you can only come out of your personal encounter with Jesus because otherwise it just won't be enough you may not have a dramatic conversion experience like Paul certainly I don't but your everyday encounters with Jesus can be just as powerful Paul's everyday encounters with Jesus were what unlocked the power of Holy Spirit in his life and in his ministry 
And it's the only thing that gives you the endurance that you need to keep you going in your life, in your faith, and in your ministry. It's what will sustain you when life gets tough, and life gets tough for all of us at various points. It's what helps you to get back up when you get knocked down. And it's what powers you to be Jesus for others and for the sake of the world. You know, Paul didn't have all the details mapped out. He knew the big picture. He knew what the end game was that he was working for. But the way he worked was to listen to God. And then he would choose to obediently take the next step that Jesus was revealing to him. The plan for him was simply to listen and then to obey. It was that simple. You know, this message isn't new. You've probably heard Paul spoken about maybe hundreds of times over your life. I don't know. The message is not new. But what is new today is what God is doing in you. That's the bit that can be brand new. So I've got two challenges for you this morning, two things for you to think about. First question is this. What is your mission? What's God's mission for your life? for this week, for the next step that you need to take. Paul knew without a doubt that his calling was to take the gospel to the Gentile people, people who had no experience of Jesus, and to start faith communities or churches throughout the known world. And then he just took each step after that in obedience to what God told him to do. So what's your mission? What has God put in your heart? It might be nothing like what happened to Paul. But how can you contribute to furthering God's kingdom? What's the next step for you? And secondly, I want to ask you this. I would urge you to pursue God, to be obedient to what he's asking you to do. Don't be content with what church has told you Jesus is about or what your friend has told you Jesus is about. Pursue your own personal encounters with Jesus, not just once, again and again. And then be obedient to what he's asking, whether it's big or small, whether it's conventional or out of the box, whether it's a popular thing to do or not a popular thing to do. It's your connection with God that will drive what you do with your life and what you choose to do for Jesus and that will give you the power to make a difference. So I'm going to ask the band to come up And um, we're going to have some time with God. I'm just going to pray for you. Um, And as I pray, I just actually, I might just get everyone, just close your eyes if you don't mind, only because there's no secret to closing your eyes. It's just because I don't want you to be distracted by what anyone else around you is doing. And I want to invite you that if you want to commit to pursuing God, that if you want to commit to obeying God for your next steps, and you want God to reveal that to you, then I'm just going to invite you to stand. You're allowed to open your eyes while you're standing up so you don't fall over if you need to. Um, But I just want to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray for you. God, I want to thank you for the faith of people who have stood this morning. And I say to you, God, bless you. And Father God, as we stand before you this morning, as just ordinary people. God, we declare this morning 
that you are the most important thing in our lives and we want to pursue our own relationship with you. God, we are not content with somebody else's understanding of you. We are not content with somebody else's experience of you or their story of you. We want you for ourselves. And so God, for each of us here this morning, we just invite you in, whether it's for the first time or the thousandth time. Jesus, we want to experience you. We want you in our lives. We want to follow you. And God, we know that you never want your people just to sit quietly on their own. You have a work for us to do. You have designed us to serve you and we want to do that. So God, show us the next step for each of us. What is the next thing you want us to do? And God, give us the power to be obedient to that next step. God, for all of us, for every person in this church this morning, I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to us, that we would come into a new and greater understanding of who you are, of who you are in our lives and what you want for us. We love you, Jesus. Big thanks to Karen for bringing the word to us this week. And I hope that uh, you're able to enjoy that sermon, whether you're on the, the train to work or maybe if you're, you're going out for a, a little bit of a walk before uh, working from home starts for the week or uh, it might even uh, be that yeah, you can't sleep or you've got something else on your mind. And, um, and ho- I really hope that that has connected with you and calmed you or um, made you believe in, a, in a, a pur- uh, the purpose that God has for your life or uh, anything else that, uh, that we, we can get from, from these sermons and the way that they can be um, I- encouraging. Claire, I was, yeah, I was really impressed with, with Karen's sermon and it was great for, um, for her to challenge us as a church and for obviously anyone else that's listening about what God's purpose is for our lives mm. and um, didn't say this in a, in a roundabout way, Karen, but sometimes we can kind of coast through when we might be reading our Bible, we might be praying, we might not be doing those things, might just be kind of coasting along and sometimes we can lose sight of perhaps the vision that God has for us. So I thought it was a, a good kind mm. of realigning sermon this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think those questions that she left us with at the end, you know, what is our mission? Similar to the questions that um, Mark and Joel left with us as well in their uh, sermons the last couple of weeks. So it's really been like a bit of a theme that's been um, happening, you know, what is our mission? What's our purpose? And, and you know, we need to kind of press forward into that. The other thing that I really loved about Karen, and I love Karen, she's such a beautiful woman um, and she's been a great encouragement to me um, is the way that she um, lives out her faith really Mm. authentically and she talked about you know what's the most important thing to her is you know herself Bible and Jesus those are the things that she needs to keep close to her and no matter what um, season of life we can find ourselves in those the things that kind of need to remain and we need to keep in our lives um so, yeah, it was really encouraging. So huge, thanks, Karen. <laughs> yeah, huge thanks uh, to Karen for bringing us the sermon uh, this week. That wraps up the Shire Salvos podcast for another week. Thank you so much for indulging us and, uh, and, and joining us over the last half an hour or so. I really hope that you uh, enjoyed the podcast and we'll continue to bring these to you each and every week. Uh, even though we are going back to, to full-time church and those kinds of things, we're going to keep updating you on the life of the church and also bring in sermons uh, that hopefully are impacting you and uh, your day daily walk with with Christ and can be encouraging.
encouraging uh, for you as well. Claire, as always, uh, great to be talking about Shire Salvers and talking about the great work that God's doing in our lives. Thanks for uh, stopping on by and helping out with the <laughs> podcast this evening. No worries. It was fun as always, as always. Thanks for everyone that's tuning in. We'll be back next Sunday night slash Monday morning for another edition of the Shire Salvers podcast. But until then, stay safe. God bless. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.